Hi, I'm Pete Moore. And my name's Bex Gregory. And together we are the co-hosts of the Entertainment Engine podcast. We are really excited to share more information about our show. The podcast is for new and existing creatives working in music, film and TV. Weekly, we provide our listeners with information, advice and knowledge to help people navigate a career in the entertainment industry. Plus, we have fantastic guests from the world of entertainment who share their stories with us, where we learn from their experience of working in the entertainment business, built in with some fun facts along the way. So be sure to subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, plus many others. We look forward to welcoming you to the show. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. We are so excited to be back with our first guest for 2022. We welcome Jonesy on the show this week, a stand-up comedian, podcaster and actor seen on Gotham, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Letterman Show and Nurse Jackie. As a stand-up comedian, Jonesy has performed in seven different countries, including Japan, Singapore, Malaysia and Taiwan. Something you might find noteworthy is that he was touring all of those countries during the outbreak of the coronavirus, and yet he didn't end his tour. We really hope you enjoy the conversation we had with Jonesy as he has some great stories to share with us. Well, welcome to another episode of The Entertainment Engine, and today we are joined by actor and comedian all the way from Los Angeles, Jonesy. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Um, I got my morning cup of coffee and I'm I'm talking to you guys from thousands of miles away. Hopefully uh, it sounds clear and that I can entertain your listeners today and maybe educate them a little bit. I'm very excited to be on your show. Let's do it. Wow. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's great that you, you, you know, you're on the show and we're, we're really excited to dig in and learn more about what you do, but also maybe just have, I suppose, shoot the breeze about what's going on in the world yeah. as well. Sound good? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's a shit yeah. show. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll let Bex cover where do, that one. Where do we start? <laughs> I, I suppose really, Jonesy, just, just to give our listeners just a bit of background, it'd be great to sort of how you started your career as an action comedian. Just give us a little bit of sort of, yeah, you know, bit how, flavor. how you, yeah, a bit of flavour as Bex says. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, well, uh, it all began with uh, an obsession with stand-up comedy, which kind of happened by uh, accident. I, I I was playing music early in life and uh i had a roommate who was trying to be a comedian um and i i accompanied him he went to my show and i was like i'll i'll go with you to your your next open mic and i, I went to a comedy open mic which if you've never been before it's um it's a train wreck on so many levels and mm-hmm. but hilarious hilarious uh because the comedians are either funny and that's hilarious or they're really not good at all and that's also funny um, and this was one of those situations where most of the comics were pretty bad. And I was like, what, what, what is this? What, what are these people doing? They're horrible. Uh, you know, and my roommate was okay. He was okay, but not so great. And, you know, that evening I helped him with his jokes, gave him feedback. And then I went, I accompanied him, accompanied him again to another show. And I noticed how he took the notes and redid his jokes and, and into a sort of a form that kind of worked a little bit better than the previous show. And again, it was an open mic, so it, most people were terrible. And I thought to myself, this is, I could do this. I could at least be better than these 
people that are here. This and and I and I seem to have helped my roommate get a little better. I thought maybe maybe I have a knack for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like stand up. Always had. I just never imagined me, myself doing it. I've always enjoyed telling stories. Uh, I always thought I was a pretty good storyteller. I had already been on the microphone singing in bands before, so I was already kind of comfortable on stage anyways. So this was kind of a, seemed like a perfect fit for me, or at least to try it. So, uh, you know, and I did that and just found it such a fascinating art. Uh, Still, even now, I, I don't, I haven't mastered it. I've been doing it for 15, 16 years. I still don't feel like I've figured it out completely. It's very elusive. You never seem to kind of, <laughs> the things that I think that are funny at, in the beginning, I mean, the process is this, maybe your listeners might find this fascinating. You just, you bring the things to the stage that you think are funny. And then in, in the beginning, you're lucky if, uh, you know, 20% of the things you bring to the stage, people think are funny. Mm-hmm. And then as you get better, you, you realize, you, you know, maybe half of the things that you try on stage will actually um, get a good response. And, and then now I'm up to probably 85, maybe close to 90% of the stuff I bring to the stage actually works, but there's still this 10, 15, sometimes 20% of the stuff that I think is funny that, uh, that people just don't agree with. And, and so I still struggle with this art, although I've been doing it for so long and uh, you, you never seem to be able to figure it out. I've even heard Jerry Seinfeld say this on an interview before where he's like, you just, you still, I still don't, he said, I mean, doing it forever and he's a master. He still feels like he has not completely mastered the artwork. It's so difficult. Um, and it just held my interest more than anything else I was doing, more than music or writing or whatever. It just, I was like, this is very challenging. I, I really want to figure this out. Um, and it's a thrill to be on stage. It's, it's a big time mm-hmm. thrill when, when shit goes well, it's a, it's a, the best feeling in the world. When, when stuff goes South, it really makes your heart race, like being on a roller coaster. So that's a bit of a thrill as well. The whole thing's man. It's just like, a, it's an adrenaline rush on, in, on so many levels. So that's also an, an appeal to me. And uh, so just getting into stand up just changed my life. And, and then from there on, it led into acting opportunities and whatnot, because when, when you're a comedian, people often will ask you if you'd like to, you know, hey, would you like to read my script here? Would you like to maybe be an actor in this and and, and that? And that was just secondary. But, uh, you know, my initial love was for stand up. It still still is. It's still the thing that I do the most. Actually, no, I would say now my podcast is probably the thing I do the most lately. But um, stand up is uh, definitely longevity wise. It's been the uh, the mainstay in my life. And I'll never stop. Even if I have all the money in the world, I would, I would still never stop doing standup. I find it to be challenging and thrilling. And, uh, and I just love it. I, I recommend it for anybody because it's, uh, if you can, if you can get up on stage in front of strangers and try and make them laugh and, you know, bomb away and, and then get off stage and then try it again. I mean, it just gives you such fortitude. You can, you can handle anything. I'm not afraid of anything now. I mean, this is one of the fallouts of doing stand-up comedy that I don't think people are talking about. But when you do stand-up yeah. comedy, you just don't become scared. Nothing frightens you ever again like that. I mean, like, yeah. this is like even getting into a fight with one person. If like one person threatened, like, what are you going to do to me? Just you, you know, you're going to punch me yeah. in the face. <laughs> what, yeah. Like I've been booed off stage and humiliated in front of 400 individuals. Like wow. there's nothing you can do to me that's going to make me feel worse than that. Like, so yeah. as far as like building, uh, you know, uh, a strong, tough skin, there's nothing like stand up. And for all of life, it'll help you in meetings. 
It'll help you in public, talking to people, going places alone. I mean, it just gives you thick skin. Super, super yeah. helpful. I recommend yeah. it to everybody. You guys should try it. You guys should totally try it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. I, I must admit, stand-up, it's got to be one of the hardest things to do. I'd, I'd take my hat off to anyone yeah, that yeah. gives it anything yeah. like that a go because yeah. it, it really depends. You know, not only is it the writing, I would imagine, is the challenge, one thing, but to be in front of an audience because everybody's going to see things in a different way, aren't they? And they're going to react in sure. a different way. So one audience might love you and then the next night yeah. they might it falls flat and you're like, oh. Why didn't and, that work? And also as well, you're picking up your point there, Bex, it's, it's when I've gone to watch a comedian, whether it's sort of up and coming or, it, it, you know, a, a global artist, it always fascinates me how they can pinpoint on one area and it's everything that you do every day. I mean, yeah. in that particular, where you go into the toilet <laughs> or whether you're opening your car. Jonesy, how do you just make all that funny? Because you come away thinking, that's what I do every day. And he just, he or she's turned it on its head. And I'm just well, roaring with laughter. Yeah. It just, it's, it's incredible. It it's incredible. Clever. Well, you know, I find sometimes that you don't even really have to be clever with things. If you can just sort of get very specific and point out the eccentricities and the little moments in life, the, the response you get, you know, laughter is a surprise, of course, but also sometimes it comes from a recognition where someone's like, oh my God, I do that too. Holy crap. I didn't think anybody did that. Um, mm. uh, I've been working on a new joke recently where, um, you know, I'm talking about how I'm getting older now and I'm trying to date women. And um, I used to go for looks and now I go for behaviors. I get so turned on by behaviors. And, and then uh, and I say, you know, if a woman uses a coaster, I'm like, oh man, that is so sexy. That's... <laughs> That shows that shows consideration and planning. I just I really love that so much. Or like if a woman, oh, if a woman that here's what really turns me on, like a woman that can write hilarious Venmo description, transaction descriptions. Oh, I got I lose it over that, you know. And then I pretend like I'm looking at my phone at a and I said, oh, thanks for letting me fart on you. Who is this hilarious soulmate of mine? Like I need to meet this woman. So you see, it's not like this crazy over the top. This is just one one bit that I'm playing with right yeah. now. But I think it's an example uh, for everyone to to just realize that you can just get very specific with something, and it's not over the top hilarious. Like being attractive to a woman that uses coasters. Like that's that's not this hilarious idea, like over the top. But it's so specific that people think it's funny. They think it's, you know, yeah. they just like, they see yeah. what I mean by that, that, yeah. you know, the qualities of someone that would use a coaster <laughs> are now the qualities <laughs> that I'm looking for in a woman. Um, and like, <laughs> it's such a small little thing. So comedy doesn't have to be this whole big, it doesn't have to be huge ideas, uh, you know, like that you get with um, some comics that you know, sometimes their their act seems like a TED talk of some sort where they're, they're making these big, I don't know, declarations about life overall. And, you know, it can be very small and specific and doesn't have to hit you over the head with a hammer, but it's a big, if the more specific you get, the funnier it can be. Uh, my, my, I always remember, I'll never forget the, uh, the quote, a quote from my acting teacher, Anthony Abison, 
who I studied with for years in New York, he, he used to say, um, in general is the enemy of all art. And, um, mm -hmm. and, and he would say that for us actors to be like, like get specific with your character, get specific with your intentions on the stage, get specific when you're at, cause if you don't know what you're, what you want as an actor, or you just don't know who you are, you know, you're it's in general, that is not art. That is not, that is not the way to do it. So in general is the enemy of all art. And I just, I use that in my standup writing too. I try and get very, very specific and you'll find that when it, when it lands with people who have also had those same specific, tiny little private thoughts, like it mm. really lands hard because they can't believe someone's voicing it. Said you know? it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. itself, that in itself, is the big surprise and the big realization. It's not like I'm taking this complete left turn with the joke. It's the surprise is wow, you're voicing this. Wow, holy shit, no one's ever voiced this. I've never yeah. heard this, but I also agree with you, and I've thought these things too. Um, and and that can be very funny, very powerful. I'm sort of. This is why I say like I'm still exploring this as an artwork. As even after doing it all these years, I'm still learning little tricks, little ways to get laughs ways of expressing myself that are funny that um, just, I never would have done a bit like this 10 years ago. Never, never. I would have been too afraid. I would have never, I would have thought like, this is not going to work on stage. It's too small. Like, no, yeah. but yeah, no, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think it gives kind of a, um, you know, just, yeah. there's many ways to skin this cat, you exactly. know? Yeah. And yeah. I think, um, I think one yeah, of the sayings we have over here, Jonesy is you've probably got it in the States as well is what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm. So oh, yeah. 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 We say yeah. that all the time here. Yeah, stand up, stand -up comedy is a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the amount of times you bomb and survive uh, and then you grow from that, you know, that's yeah. the shows that I, you know, you find you learn more oftentimes the shows that don't go so well uh, than the shows that do go well. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, you learn from things. Uh, what, yeah. from mistakes or things that you might have been able to do better yeah. or yeah and it's like timings as well isn't it it's clever timings and how you say it so it's sure which is interesting yeah yeah i'm constantly um using an audience as like a, a testing facility where just always trying new things and, and they, their feedback is just immensely important you know i write and they edit basically is what's going on so yeah. those yeah, all yeah. those all those fails yeah. are supremely important um they do make me stronger they make the joke stronger because i'll make a change and i'll keep making a change until it works if i really believe in the bit um so yeah yeah i, I love that saying super appropriate for comedy or stand-up anyways for sure yeah, yeah, and, I, yeah. and i think i think also as well um when people say to me, oh, I failed at this or I failed at that, no matter, you know, whatever that might be, I always say, well, it's, you haven't failed because you've learned from what you've done. So failure becomes success, whatever that you deem success, you know, is all different for all sorts of people. So I don't think people fail. I just think it's a big learning curve and you mm. get to maybe where you want to get to one day and you go, oh, actually, yeah, I, I, I get it now. I, I get it. I understand why I'm here and what, you know, what I was trying to do. And I think that's important. It's super, it's supremely important and for your artists. It's important that they know that failing is a currency that has to be paid for any goal to be achieved. And the bigger the goal, the more failures it costs. Yeah, so mm -hmm. you got to get out there and get to failing right away, fail every day. And each failure is, is a step towards your goal. And I think it's helpful to look at it more like that because no one's just, do, you're not achieving a goal <laughs> without, without no. some effort and some, no. 
no. what are called and you know anyone who writes screenplays will know this thing is called try fails you know you put your character through try fails and the more try fails you know the, the character will encounter all these try fails along their goal and, and they're necessary the try fails are necessary mm-hmm. our life is like a story in that way when as we go along our journey to achieve certain goals there's these up and ups and downs um, as there should be, it would be pretty dull if, if everything you, if you wanted to achieve just happened at the, at the snap of a finger, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. failing is necessary. It's the cost of anything. And it's sometimes can be, it's very, it's fun sometimes. And it's definitely mm. um, self-revealing and, mm. and self-learning for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Spot on. And just looking at, you know, with your acting credit some of those as well because you've got, had some great um experience in that area as well like gotham drunk history unbreakable kimmy schmidt the letterman show and lots lots more but how were those sort of experiences for you um do you have any sort of favorite memories or stories to share on those on that front oh yeah and also, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of gotham as well jonesy yeah. i'm a big fan of gotham love it so on gotham a tremendous time. I got to get tackled by Ben McKenzie several yeah. times and, and yeah. he's a heartthrob for everybody, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Donald Logue, hanging out with him on set was just uh, just so, so entertaining. He's a, he's a true Irishman to the core. He's yes. a storyteller and everybody yeah. Yeah. on set just listens to him tell stories. He's just telling stories the whole time. He's like, he's like a grandpa and everybody's at his feet. That's exactly what it was that day for me, uh, being <laughs> around him. He's tremendous, tremendous guy. Uh, I had a, I had a wonderful time on that set. Um, my, I think my favorite moment, uh, acting, uh, you know, on, on any sort of major sh- show was working with Tina Fey on unbreakable Kimmy yeah. Schmidt. She, uh, yeah, she, you know, she's a, she's a comedy goddess, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she's like on the Mount Rushmore of comedy yeah. writers, performers, producers, you name it. I mean, she's just tremendous. And she was kind of in, in control of the whole set. And, and so, uh, you know, I asked her if I could improv some lines because the lines as written were, they were pretty funny, but they weren't, um, they, they were written for, um, I played a role of a Boston, a Bostonian and they wanted someone with a strong Boston accent, which is what I, that's how I grew up. And, uh, you know, and I can do that accent, um, you know, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the lines that they had written were, you know, they didn't really bring out the accent like I thought they could. It was clearly not written by someone from Boston. Um, so I just asked her if, she wouldn't mind if I improv some of it because I had some ideas for that. And, uh, and she said, yeah, do it. Why don't you do the lines as written? And then, and then in the last take or two, you know, do them the way you, you want to do them. So, you know, and I'm in this big theater, there's all these cast and crew around, you know, there's gotta be a hundred people in here. And so I do the lines as, as, as written a couple of times. And then the last take, you know, I do, I, I improv them and it gets just like, everybody kind of like uh, gets a little tense. Cause I don't know if everyone knew I was going to do that except for her. Uh, and then Tina just burst out laughing and then everybody else, you know, burst out laughing as a result of her, like they, you know, cause she's sort of like the, she's sort of like the, the God yeah. on set. Yeah. And, and, you know, they want to, they were like, Whoa, he didn't say what was, he was supposed to say, but no, 
she had okayed that previously. And then when, so as soon as she started cracking up, everybody else did. So I got this huge laugh from <laughs> Tina Fey. Cool. Which, so that's, that's to great. me, like, you know, it, it's, it sounds like this little moment, but like, oh my God, to me, that was just like, I, I, you know, I, I can't remember a time where <laughs> at the, I really felt like I was dreaming. Yeah. Um, was just making Tina Fey laugh like that. And then after, at the end of the day, she came up to me and was just very complimentary. And she asked me if I was free the next couple of days because she really loved what I did. And, and she's like, we're going to, I'm going to have the writing team. I, I might have the writing team write some new scenes for you to shoot for our, for our promotional materials, if you wouldn't mind. And, and I would love if you did the character that you're doing. I love your, your you know, your improv Boston guy that you're doing. And then, and sure enough, I got a call from my manager the next day. They said, Tina wants you to come in tomorrow. And they wrote some more scenes for you. And, um, and then, so I got to go back in and, and do this character. And then uh, about three weeks later, I had to do ADR with additional dialogue recording. They wanted me to do some extra dialogue and it didn't happen. It did, normally that doesn't happen on set. They'll just bring you to like a sound booth somewhere. You go to like a recording studio and she, she was there waiting for me and, and it was just me and her in the sound booth for like two hours. Just, cool. and, 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 and I'm improving even more lines for her as you know, she was like, I like, I like what you do. <laughs> Your ideas are like funnier because they're strictly Boston. Like it's what, what a Boston person would say. And so I, she just had me running all these ideas and recording them for a couple hours, just me and her in a booth and the sound guy. And it was just us. So like just tremendous moments with Tina Fey that I'll just cherish for the rest of my life. You know, I don't, who knows where my career will go from here. If I'll ever be able to work with someone like that, I hope to, but um, man, I got to spend a couple hours with Tina Fey all alone. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, it's just like, pinch me. This was yeah. a dream. Like a uh, one-to-one session. It's like really yeah, good. Yeah, man. God, she's just so cool. She was so damn cool, man. Oh, she was so fucking cool. I just love it. <laughs> really. <laughs> Man, she was so nice and cool. Did, yeah, did I really liked a, her a lot. Um, did she have a co-star? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, it's funny because she she actually in the middle of recording and she goes, <laughs> she goes, oh, I think I took a, she goes, I think, I think I took a sip out of your Starbucks instead of mine. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I was like, well. I'm like, you just, you can have the whole thing. I mean, just keep, (laughs) took a sip out of my Starbucks. Yeah. But see, the thing is, the thing is as well, Jonesy, that is really, really valuable because Mm. what you're saying there is exactly what our audience really like listening to. Because when they come back into us or, you know, people are looking to come into the industry or people even got the experience, they see you as a normal person. So what they see is, oh, you're having a cup of tea or, or a Starbucks with Tina Fey. Maybe maybe that can happen to me one day. Oh, actually, oh, yeah. that was sounding really cool. So, I think that's really valuable. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, and you you know, obviously, I've never expected that to ever happen before in my life, but it did. I think the other thing for um, uh, your listeners is, uh, you, you know, especially actors, or I mean, I guess this could work with musicians if you're working with a producer. You know, just ask to try your idea. Like you, you might not think that your idea is valuable because this person is Quincy Jones or some sort of, mm. in my case, it's, it's Tina Fey. It's a comedy God, but ask, you know, ask to, uh, to share something. If you think you can bring value 
to, you know, the project. Don't just do it without asking, though, like of some, you know, cocky, you know, there's a way about it that's respectful. You want to respect the yeah. the material mm-hmm. that was created and approved by this producer or writer or director. But, you know, asking them, hey, I have an idea for this. Would you be OK if I tried this at, at some point? Yeah. Um, yeah. And letting them know that, you in it, it, you know, it shows that you give a shit, too. Like mm-hmm. it showed. Yeah, like yeah. I. It, you know, in other words, I'm communicating to her that, hey, I'm from Boston and I got a, I got a couple of ideas. Would you mind if I tried them? Because what I'm saying is, hey, I think I can make this even better than what it is without being an asshole. You, you know, like yeah. I and it shows I give a damn and I want to be a team player and I want to help make everything as good as it can be while I'm there. Mm-hmm. And that'll get you hired again. You know, that'll get you respected on the set and, and whatnot. Um, people, people love that directors, writers, producers, they're always looking for, for people that they can rely on to bring, uh, to, to take their material to a higher level. They'll keep you around for these reasons. And so just for that alone, it's, it's very helpful to do that. Now, of course, some people, some of them will say, no, no, they, mm. some people are very uh, protective of their creations and they don't mm. want anybody toying with it. Um, and and so they they may turn you down, but that's okay. All the all the more reason to ask before you do that, and whether it's in you know whether you're working with a music producer or on the set with a director or whatever it is that you're doing in your in your field, yeah, just it doesn't hurt to ask if you think you can bring something oh. to it. Yeah, I learned there; it was a very valuable lesson for me. And not now, I will always do that if I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't agree more with that. To be honest, no, I yeah. can. I can really. Yeah, I think. Um, I suppose as well, it would coming back to saying you pinch yourself. It, it's oh man, and being in the room with an A-lister as well, and and being able to you know converse and get on with her and have mm. a conversation. I think you know is testimony to what what you were doing. I think the next, I suppose, really, sort of a question from me is the next step with someone like that. Do you are you able to leave like your um your details to say, look, if you need anything else, here's my email, here's my information. Was you able to pass that on to someone like Tina or was it sort of, was it a bit standoffish to say, I can't do that? How, uh, how do you feel about I, something I, like that? Management or is it? Yeah. I didn't, probably. Um, I didn't do any of that. Mm. I wanted to, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what, how you would do that. I, I just don't know. I was too mm. new. And yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. My, my hunch was you don't go about it that way. I've, my hunch would be that that is a sign of someone who's unprofessional yeah. Yeah. to yeah. Um, to do anything like that. Perhaps yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you could get specific with something that you had, maybe it would work. In other words, let's say in that instance, uh, you know, Tina had hired me and she was crazy about this character that I do as a Boston guy. If at some point, let's say I had a, let's say I had written a, uh, well, let's say I had shot uh, a, a series of videos as this character or a web series, or maybe I wrote a script as that character. Maybe I could have said something like that. Hey, you know, I know you love this character. I just want you to know, like I wrote this, uh, I wrote this television pilot that's based around a character like this. Would it be, would it be crazy for me to ask if you'd like to see it? Um, like, I know you're very busy, but if you had a moment, um, any feedback would be helpful. Um, yeah maybe I could have done something like that and that wouldn't have been too yeah. Yeah. off-putting. Yeah. But yeah. for me to just, yeah. without anything specific, to just be like, hey, I'd love to work with you again. Here's my card or like whatever, whatever. Yeah. I just, I got the, I don't know. My hunch was yeah. that isn't the way to do it. First of all, you know, 
if you're a successful actor, they never go to you personally. Anyways, they go through your management company yeah. or your agent. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, what would I have said? Hey, here's my agent's number. If you'd like to work with me again, it's basically, but, but by the way, her people know how to get a hold of me already. So it's just like, if she thinks of me, she just tells her people and then they get a hold of me. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. Um, Makes sense. Exactly. I guess the best thing to do is just say, I had a really good time I, and I hope that we can work together again. Um, this has been a highlight of, of my, uh, of my career. And uh, I had a great time, like stuff, stuff like that, being grateful and cool. That's why I think like just doing those other things that I did, I think I squeezed the lemon there. Like I did as much as I could for her being cool and, and performing and being yeah. respectful and delivering. I did as much as I could to get another job from her. Like, Oh yeah. It, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. me doing anything else in that sound booth with her doesn't matter. Like I've already done it. If, if she thinks of me, she thinks it's because of these things that I've done already. And, exactly. and I just have to hope and leave, and leave it at that. Um, oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think she's always going to remember you really for that. You know, she obviously clearly loved what you were doing. So, you know, you like yeah. you say, you did enough. You know, you're yeah. way, way too pushy to go. Yeah. I, sure. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And, and then uh, let me give you an anecdote to show you sort of the, the opposite end of that spectrum, which this is completely wrong and never do this if you're an, if you're an aspiring actor or comedian. Uh, <laughs> a, me and a friend of mine bump into... Uh, me and a comedian friend bump into um, Quentin Tarantino in a parking lot and my friend stops him and just starts doing his stand-up routine for him like in the like, oh, no. <laughs> no. Like, what, no. Like, what are you doing crazy, man <laughs> so hey yeah. I'm a comedian man I'm a big fan of a comedian hey let me just do a little bit of my act for you and, and you oh. know Quentin's got no time for this he's trying to leave and my buddy just gets into it yeah. So, you know, this is the sort of the other opposite end of the spectrum yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I would uh, I would definitely not recommend that. No. <laughs> no. I, I think, Don't um, do a monologue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to think these people hum- are just going about their everyday life like anyone else, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're walking down the street. You break sure. into like a dance routine or something. It's just not quite <laughs> it's not going to not going to work, is it? No, yeah, no. in fact, I mean, my no. my hunch is it would have the opposite effect like if yeah. if he ever runs into you like if you're ever for whatever stroke of luck you you end up auditioning for him and he mm. happens to remember how annoying you were like you're not getting hired man no. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, uh, so it could have the opposite effect yeah i mean that's really quite weird as well because one of the um i lived in la for a while jonesy and um pulled him to a uh, you know gas station to fill up and as i pulled in this car pulled in behind me and the buddy I was with said, I, th- I think that's Mel Gibson behind us. And I went, mm, really? I'm not too sure. So I got out and it was. And he just bought a brand new car. Um, it was a four by four. I can't think what the make of it was. And he didn't know how to like to fill it up, where actually where you'd go. And it was actually in the side. So he was used to actually filling up in the back in the tailgate. And it was actually on the side of the car. So I helped him do that. And we just we just had a conversation, just literally had a conversation. And he and he said, um, he said, oh, you know, you over here at work? And I said, yeah, 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 blah, blah. And that was it. We just had a really 15, 20 minute conversation and um, never forget it. It was just one of those two <laughs> so guys cool. having a chat in a, in a, in a gas station, yeah. filling up a bloody car. But it was Mel Gibson. And... Um, I sort of said, oh, goodbye, lovely to catch up with you. And everyone's looking at me saying, oh, um, 
you're good yeah. friends with Mel Gibson. I'm like, well, I've just met him, to be honest with you. <laughs> and then they probably said, did you get an autograph? And you're like, well, it wasn't really no, the quite right yeah. moment. And that wasn't the situation. <laughs> so, oh, by the way, I'm a manager. Do you need representation? Because I can do this. No, no. Yeah, no. yeah. So you, you, I think, uh, well, you're a reasonable fellow and you, um, <laughs> you can, you can uh, take social cues, you know, <laughs> so you know. Yeah what's appropriate in the moment, you know, just as I do in most instances. And, and you (laughs) don't do that. You don't ask for the autograph. You don't ask for this. You just, you just be professional and be cool. And, um, you know, you learn as you, you get older in life that, uh, you, you don't get what you want, you get what you need. And, and any sort of big time pressure and molding of the universe that you try to take, um, if it doesn't really fit you, it's just, it's not going to, it's not appropriate and it's not really going to fall into place the way that you want it to anyways. So Mm, you just kind of got to be, you got to just put yourself in the spot and just be who you are and be cool. And then, you know, the universe will give you a drop you a bone here and there because you're cool and you're reasonable and you're not forcing anything. Yeah, I think this is the way to live life. I think this is the way to go about one's career. Some people would disagree, but uh, I've seen time and time again, people that try and force relationships or force a project when it's not appropriate, um, you, you know, you end up giving yourself more of a headache at the end of the day, rather than if you just be who you are, do what you do, be a professional, be cool, be nice and, and keep it steady and, and the jobs that are appropriate for you, the opportunities that are appropriate for you will come about. And by the way, when I say appropriate for you, I'm saying opportunities that you're actually ready for, you know, mm. because oftentimes like, like, is my friend really ready to act in a Quentin Tarantino film? I don't think so. Like, <laughs> I, do you even, do you even realize what you're asking for right now? Cause I don't yeah. think you're ready for it. You're a stand up yeah. comedian with zero TV credits. Like mm. if Quentin was to hand you a supporting role right now, it would do you more you know, of course it would be a fail along your path. So in that way, it's great, but you're not ready for this anyways, you know? So the things that you try and force to pull into your life, I think, you know, examine them a little further. Those of you who are, you know, especially in the entertainment industry, like we all watch TV shows and be like, Oh, I could do that. I could be that. Could you really, could you be the star of a show? Could you anchor uh, you know, yeah. could you yeah, anchor yeah. a $350 yeah. million dollar budget movie? Like you, you think that you <laughs> yeah. can, but so, yeah. you know, just no. the the opportunities that you get, like that you're ready for, those are appropriate. And um, and and I think so trying to really force it is uh, is I don't agree with. I, I think other people might have that approach. But, you know, and the perfect example is the Tina Fey. I did the most I could without being mm-hmm. annoying. And I did yeah. I did what I was prepared to do, which I have improv background. I do a Boston accent. And I was like, let me do the shit out of that. I did the shit out of that (laughs) in her presence. That is the opportunity. Yeah. That is my preparation meeting that opportunity. And I knocked it out of the park. And then for, so for me to push for anything more than that is, is outside the zone. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. Exactly. And I think also as well, really interesting to touch on this area with you, Jonesy, obviously, you know, as a comedian, you've performed in seven different countries, including Japan, Singapore, Malaysia, and Taiwan. And we understand were you touring these countries with COVID? Because we'd love to know more about this, especially. Yeah, because yeah, you, know, you didn't end your tour, right? Is that right? 
Uh, no, I, I didn't end it. Um, we got to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> just to be clear, the 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 tour was uh, the the shows were secondary to me traveling. Um, I knew I was going to be over there, and I thought, why not go see these places? And then why not while I'm there, let me see if the, if they have shows in English, and let's see if they'll um, they'll allow me to to headline these shows. It was a very strange time to be traveling in Asia because it was uh, January, February, March of um, 2020. So it was the very beginning of the the outbreak. And I happened to be in all of these countries in Asia as the, as the outbreak was happening. And so I was in Taiwan when, it, when they had their first cases. I was in Malaysia when they were having their first cases. I was in Singapore when they were having their first cases, Japan as well. And um, the shows, for the most part, uh, you know, I would say 70% of them happened. Uh, I got, uh, just as I headlined Malaysia, I left the country and then two days later they shut the border. So I squeezed in a weekend there and I actually would have been caught there. Um, they gave a very, very short window of announcement too for people, and you know the fallout that of that was bizarre. It was a lot of Malaysians that were caught in Singapore and couldn't go over, couldn't go home. Uh, Singapore, which is a country that doesn't screw around with anything, um, you know, this is a country that made gum illegal at one point. They just don't screw around, so they started to shut down and. and and I did lose some shows. Uh, I would say about half of my shows there. Um, uh, Japan, uh, I got to do shows in Osaka, but then my shows at the end of the trip. Now this is the this is the first second week of March. Uh, the Tokyo shows were were canceled because Tokyo at that time was just stopping any sort of. Um, live entertainment museums were closed i had all these museum things i was going to go to the ramen museum i was so excited to go yeah the um ghibli studios i was going to go to like all of this stuff i had lined up it all it all went away and so my shows in tokyo went away as well you know my it was bizarre it was it was a very bizarre situation to find myself in i looking back on it, I, my behavior was inappropriate as I, you know, I didn't take it very seriously. I didn't wear a mask on the subways as everybody else did. And, you know, looking back on it, they must've been like, well, look at this asshole American who just doesn't want to conform to the mask situation. But, you know, at that time, they had, you know, these countries had zero deaths. I mean, the thing just arrived, it just arrived. And I, you know, so for me, I, I just didn't see the seriousness of it, um, you know, which was inappropriate you know, in my defense, I had never really lived through such a thing and, and they had, so they, they had experience with SARS and other things. And I just didn't, I didn't know about that stuff. I didn't really, um, but yeah, but it made for a very weird trip, uh, but to loads of fun. I, I really enjoyed these places and I, you know, I would love to get back to these places. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The whole, the, so the trip, uh, it was, it was, well, it was very, it was, it was all very bizarre, uh, but very fun. And, uh, I can't wait for life to get back to normal so I can visit these places again, whether I'm doing shows there or not, they're just phenomenal. I mean, Asia is like so cool. Like Japan is so much cooler than any other place. I'm telling you, it's so cool. 
the people aren't very cool, but the the place is mm. so cool. That's weird, isn't it? I've, yeah. I mean, I've never been to. No, have I haven't. No, no, I haven't. No. Oh man, it's everything is like everything just is like more compact, economical, mm. faster, higher yeah. tech. Like just imagine everything being faster and higher tech and just cooler, newer. <laughs> yeah. Like everything is. It's just like this is how life should be. Like just the toilets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, if everybody just had those toilets, we'd be living a happier lifestyle. Trust how me. How did um, it's, it's with your material? How did it sort of? I suppose Asian people, Japanese people. How did they sort of find it? Were, did you get good laughs? Were they not? Yeah, were they quite receptive? Yeah. Well, they found it very difficult because they don't speak English, oh. so it was very. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, that's cracking! They, yeah, that was. A, yeah, that's that a was. A, that was a barrier. <laughs> I think we gave out a lot of we gave a lot of refunds out. I guess yeah. after. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, so I didn't even do shows for Japanese people uh, per se. It was it was expats oh, okay. at a at a at a at a, a British oh, pub. Okay. Uh, basically, is oh, what's wow. going on. So there's a, in Osaka. There's a there's a there's a British pub. They do shows there Friday Saturday nights for expats. Mm-hmm. So it's you know Aussies, people from the UK. Oh. Uh, some Americans, oh, this cool. sort of thing, and then uh, in Tokyo, the the woman runs a show also at a British pub, and then she does one at a hotel. But it, it is a, it's all expats, it's English speaking yeah. oh, people cool. from yeah. those places, typically, yeah. typically, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so they don't get a huge crowd, but good fun. Um, yeah, it's good fun, and they're very appreciative that uh, you know someone from Los Angeles happens to be there, or an American comedian. You know, I was on the bill in Osaka with some Canadian comics, and and everybody was just thrilled that we had come over. We were there for that, and uh, and of course, the other countries just spoke. They speak English mm-hmm. anyway, so uh, you know, yeah. Singapore, yeah, yeah. Malaysia, yeah, Taiwan is a mix. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 50-50 ish, I'd say. Like, you know, a good portion of the population does speak English. The other uh, speaks Chinese. A, a good deal speaks both. Yeah. So. At this particular comedy venue, they have shows only in English, but you can also see shows in Chinese as well. So, um, and th- that was a tremendous place to do comedy. That was that was my favorite spot, actually. I loved it very, very much. I, I keep looking on uh, ways to getting back there as well. I would love yeah. to, love yeah. to revisit, revisit yeah, that place. Definitely. It's <laughs> phenomenal. I can't speak enough about uh, Taipei. It was just blew me away. I just loved it yeah. so much. I thought I could live there. Like I could live in this place. I just really, Maybe really love it. We should it. do that. We should just all move out of Jonesy and go and live in Taipei. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's if we could do something. Meet, meet the, ah, so great, cool. so cool, such yeah. a cool yeah. spot. Yeah, you would love it. You would absolutely love it. And you can kind of get around speaking yeah. English. Yeah, yeah. You can't. You, you're not. You're not completely lost. And you know, not like Tokyo. In Tokyo, you're you're screwed a little bit. Like nobody's really speaking English. No one can really help you. Like you got to kind of figure it out. Yeah, yeah, much more challenging. Yeah, exactly. But it's great though to just visit those types of countries and just being involved with all the different sort of cultures and just trying different foods and things. I think that's what would fascinate me and just just to go and sort of see and visit all of the like the scenery and everything out there just looks really cool. I'd love to love to go out that way. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's money well spent. Mm. It really is. This is um, going to like visiting a culture that's like so different mm. from your own. It's just really it's a great learning experience. It's very eye opening. Um, it's good. It's good mental health for mm. everyone. I think yeah. just to yeah, see yeah. how other people are living yeah. that are so vastly like their traditions and their way of life is so vastly different from yours. Yeah. Uh, what, what's an example of that, Jonesy? Oh, let mm-hmm. me give you one. Uh, 
uh, in Tokyo, no trash cans, none. You can't find a trash can in a mm. subway, in a, not, not yeah. even on the street. There's no trash cans on the corner in a park, really. So where, where's all the trash going? What is going on with the trash? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. These people, they act like adults. They have a piece of trash. They they put it in their backpack. And when they get to their workplace or their home or wherever, they throw it away. They take it on themselves. And despite not having trash cans anywhere, you won't find any litter anywhere on the sidewalk, on the street. You just don't see it. Wow. This is a way of life that I never even imagined wow. could be, you know considering I live in a country where, you know, people open up their ice cream and chuck the wrapper yeah. on the ground. So, you know, that's just one small example of the benefit of going to a cult, like going, embedding yourself temporarily in a culture yeah. that's, that has completely different values mm, than yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you learn a lot about your own yeah. culture and it's like holding up a mirror to your own behavior in, in yeah. some way. Opens your eyes up a bit, I would imagine. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't like to, to oh, yeah. say the word, Jonesy, but uh, I, I suppose, you know, getting <laughs> digging into the area. I'm trying to find a better word, but I don't think I can at the moment. Do you think people are just stupid? Do you think the, the way that people live their lives, they just it's take, 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 and they can't really give a shit about anything else? It, uh, you know? Well, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, my country's probably held up as the as a prime example of this. Mm. Uh, yeah, and maybe not the maybe we're not the worst. I mean, no. India is pretty <laughs> shitty, well, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but like w us being f first world with opportunity to not be this way, it makes us look even worse. Yeah. I think because yeah. like if you know, I know. You know, um, we're not living in India where there's a billion and a half people yeah. or whatever. So you have to be a yeah. selfish prick. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We have a, we live in a land of yeah. plenty here in, in the yeah. United States and we don't have to be yeah. this way, but yeah. you know, we are. Uh, so yeah, it's a complete failure of um, education and a complete failure of, uh, you know, parenting. These, this is just yeah. my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, you say stupid. <laughs> yeah. And, and, that's part of it. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. Very uneducated population here. Sadly, sadly, we spend very little on educating, um, you know, what, what is really the foundation of our culture, which is, you know, the youth, um, you know, you, you, you yeah. build on that, you know, there, we have huge problems that are looming ahead of us that need tremendous problem solvers. And, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. so why wouldn't you invest on creating the strongest foundation for the future that you could? And, you know, we just don't mm -hmm. do that. And the fallout of that is all of this nonsense and stupidities, foolish behavior. Yeah. One could call it. I think yeah. that would, that would cover most of it. Foolish, foolish behavior. Very yeah. sad. It is sad. Um, yeah. You know, when I walk out, when I walk around and I see just trash all over the place, it's just foolishness. Yeah. It's, it's very sad. It is. <laughs> I just wish... I, I I hope for a, a better future for for my country and, and, and for the world, well, of course. Yeah. Um, but it's it, like it know. all over the world. You know, it's different even in Europe, you know, in the UK it's it's the same sort of mentality really. I think like you say, if you if you start young and you understand those you know, those basic sort of well, everyday things that we should be doing. Yeah. Um yeah. then things wouldn't sure. be probably where they are now, you know. I mean um, it sort of gets into and a slight bit of a bugbear as well, Jonesy, because it gets to the point where when you go through your life and you leave school and you go to college, whatever you might do, you know, I've had the, I could count 
hundreds of people that have come up to me within bands and artists that, well, I've just left college and I've done fantastic things and now I want to walk into CEA and William Morris and get the big agent. Um, n- no, mm. it's not going to work. And they never, ever believe you, John. Oh, they yeah. never, ever believe you mm-hmm. until they get into the door and I've had bands come up to me, several bands that phone me up and say, oh, yeah, we got into the agency. Okay, great. Well, what happened? Well, the security showed us the door. Yeah, because you're uneducated, because you don't listen. The next generation never listens to the generation above about what you need to do. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of my biggest bugbears. And I think the learning curve here is we just don't listen. And you, you've got world governments again saying about it's COVID. Now it's about climate change. What's it going to be tomorrow? It just gets it just mm. gets boring. It just gets boring every time because it's the same old bloody thing they keep going on about. Yeah. And especially when you don't actually see when they talk about change, but nothing is actually changing. And it's just the constant. You see all these programs and they're, <clears> they're raising money for this, but there's still no proper change. And you think, where, why is this not? Why is there no difference? It's, it's Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I am. I, um... Let me get on a soapbox for just a second. Part of, excuse me, your, your listeners. Uh, uh, I think a clue to what's going on to lies in your earlier question, uh, Pete, when you said, uh, uh, when you actually asked us permission, you asked us if it's okay to say that it's stupid behavior. I think that's a, that's a, a sign at, at one of the problems in, in this, one of this, this is not the only problem but i think it's a big one where political correctness now prohibits us for calling out idiocy pernicious behavior non-problem solving cultural destruction environmental destruction behavior as stupid the way that it should be mm-hmm. you know it, it just we're not because we all have to be polite we just it's not a we're not in an environment where it's oh it's oftentimes okay to call out this mm-hmm. nonsense and if, if you're not going to call out the nonsense you know how are we going to get make any steps towards mm-hmm. change you know and and it goes deep too like you know the, the permission pernicious forms of ideology that carry on you know whether it's Mormonism or yeah. you know people that worship an alien <laughs> from Zigeto but maybe you some you know, people, you know, this stuff is just, it's a bunch of trash and it doesn't help us. And, but yet political correctness kind of prevents us from pointing it out as such, you know, you know, it's not, if I meet somebody at a party in LA and they're like, oh, and they start talk, going on about Scientology, I'm not supposed to tell them that this makes mm-hmm. no sense, no. No, no. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and how do you, how do you get anywhere towards improving a culture if you can't, at least point out some of the failings of ideologies, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, and everything about that uh, behaviors that are just, uh, they're not problem solving behaviors that are just proliferating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like the removal of bullies from school, man, on a, uh, that's the micro level. It's, true. But it's like the macro level is, you know, all of us citizens not, yeah, not being allowed to, 
point out bullshit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and politicians as well. Everybody's so goddamn polite. <laughs> well, you know, you're not going to get anything no, done this yeah. way. You know, I know we all have to have, <laughs> I know we got to have a polite discourse, yeah. but yeah, Jesus, you man, don't get any <laughs> like, if you're going to sit in front, if you're going to sit in front of me and tell me that you don't notice that the climate is acting a little weird, then you're a fucktard, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I'll tell you, you're a fucktard. You're simply not, you're simply not paying attention. And that's inexcusable behavior. And you need to get your shit together and then rejoin the conversation. <laughs> like saying uh, yeah. that that tiger or that that gorilla mm-hmm. looks absolutely fantastic. I'm going to go in there and say hello. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you might get killed or you might come out losing your arms. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go because I want to go and give it a cuddle. Are you are you off your head, you absolute idiot? I mean, no. It's it, And I think, I think, you know, slightly touching on that point is – People are always nice and they always want to say, mm. oh, how do I find out about this industry? And they want to hear all the nice bits about it. They mm. want to hear the bit that Jonesy's just spent two hours with Tina Fey learning his lines and then, oh, I want to do that. But it, oh, yeah. it's 10 years to get to that point. But people yeah. don't want to do the work because yeah. they're either lazy or they just don't know what, what they need to do. Yeah. No, I know that they want a quick fix. You know, I think people don't don't understand that side of the business and i think that's you know that's certainly why we've created the podcast is to try and give that awareness a little bit more and just to hear people's stories just like yourself jonesy because everyone's got through the industry in different ways and sometimes it's taken people you know two years it's taken people 10 years 20 years so i think to give that back and it kind of like opens the, you know the doors to so that people can actually understand more about the business side because that's what it is at the end of the day <laughs> and there's there's just oh it's, there's just so much to it isn't yeah. there yeah yeah oh yeah yeah I and mean, it's important for um your listeners and anyone who's aspiring to be uh, you know whatever it is in your industry uh, don't take the anomalies as um as the norm and i think this is a trap that they fall into Uh, Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? Well, somebody reads a story about a comedian or an actor who, you know, just by a hook or crook ends up in this weird position situation and then just gets this role and then boom, stardom in like immediately two years without having to pay, quote unquote, pay your dues. Sure. There's many stories of these anomalies. You know, it happens in the music industry. It happens. Uh, but realize that they're anomalies, uh, which is, I know it's hard because social media shares these things and then they sort of sink Mm -hmm. in because they're shared so much. People, people get tricked into thinking that this Mm -hmm. is the norm. I don't have to take a linear path to anything. I could just show up to a record labels building, just like whatever the fuck green day did Mm -hmm. or whoever, you know, I can just show up and then they're going to sign me and then it's off to the races. Yeah. Uh, you know, you need to, the, people need to understand that these are, these are mm. anomalies. This is not the norm. It's great to, to, to recognize these stories for inspirational purposes, but it's no replacement for the work and the time that you have to put into. Do not expect that to happen for yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. you know, you need to work, yeah. hard yeah. Uh, you know the, the idea of hard work and not cutting corners I, I don't know maybe this i feel like it's looked upon as some sort of archaic idea no, but it's, no, it's, it's um, not yeah no. it's just the way it is you know I, I i see a lot of comedians they they come they do comedy for a year in arkansas or whatever then they move out to hollywood and then i meet them and then they're 
they'll say things like, uh, oh yeah, I'm giving it six months. And if I don't make it, I'll head back. Or I'm giving it a year. Like, you're giving it a, a year, six months. You're giving it. What the hell do you think is going to happen, man? Mm, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, do you know how long Kevin Hart had to grind to get where he is? Do you have any mm-hmm. idea? Uh, I mean, you think that it's just going to be that yeah. easy, uh, you know, and but this is a this is a pretty common uh, mentality, I find. And I think it's because of uh, yeah. these stories, these anomalies, these little anecdotes about people making it like that immediately shooting to the moon. Yeah, they um, they're what's shared most. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because it, it's it's the most interesting story to shit. No one wants to hear uh, comedian struggles in basements for twenty years <laughs> and then becomes Louis C.K. No, they want to hear comedian sleeps in his car in Hollywood for four months and on the in, in the fifth month gets discovered and makes. That's the that's the fascinating story that everybody wants to share. No one hears about the guy struggling for twenty years in drippy basements no. doing jokes. No, yeah, uh, no, no, I don't uh, mean. But just just taking that a bit further, really, Josie, is what would you say has been the biggest challenge that you've personally faced in the entertainment industry, you know, and how you sort of overcome it? You know, it'd be interesting to sort of hear that from you. I guess the biggest challenge is uh, just being told no so mm-hmm. often. Um, you know, the, the industry out here, and it's just completely saturated with comedians and actors and um you know, the struggle to stand out, to be noticed is, is real. Uh, and you know, it, there's just doors, so many doors just close in your face because there's just so many people trying to get in that it, it's just, it's challenging, you know, when it, it was easier when I lived in Massachusetts, when I started, you know, you can, there wasn't as many comedians. You could, you ask somebody, can I get on your show? Could I, I would love to do your show. They would say, yeah, sure. Are you free in three weeks? Come on down. And, and then, um, or, you know, can I get an audition for this project? Yeah, sure. Sure. I'll, I'll see you. Uh, send me a, send me a video. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're great. I'll come on in. Uh, you know, but then when you get out mm-hmm. to Hollywood and it's just so saturated with yeah. actors, it's tough to get representation. It's tough to, it's just very tough to get noticed. It's tough to get a foot in the door because your competition is just so, it's just it's very fierce. And, uh, there's a large pool of people trying to do the same thing you're doing yeah. these days that, um, it's very challenging and you have to, you have to be able to, you have to have this thick skin and you have to be able to not let it discourage you every time you get a no, yeah. which is what yeah. I get mostly. No, 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 no. And always knows. Mm. I don't, at this point, I just expect a no, <laughs> just, to, I don't take it personally. Um, yeah. And it, you know, it took a while yeah. to get yeah. there, but that's very it challenging. Yeah. If you, if you yeah. can't, if you, if you can't take that, uh, and it's not easy to take no. uh, then uh, oh, no. you know, being, being in the entertainment industry is not, not for you. Anybody can put out content now. It's, it's absolutely costless. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I hear you. um, you know, you want to, you, uh, you, you make music. Oh, good for you. Everybody <laughs> else makes music. It's I can make music right now on my phone. Yeah. What, what, yeah, what yeah. Is, yeah. Why should I give you this opportunity? Why should this door open for you? What is special about yeah. you? It's, it's, it's yeah. hard. It's really hard, and I empathize to anybody trying to trying to make it in the world of entertainment. It's yeah, it's uh, tough. you know. And the other thing that's going on is you get whole generations, and you know, this is <laughs> it's a generalization, but man, there's a there's young generations that really, if we're being honest, they don't want to work. They just don't want to work. So how 
How do you get through life without working? Oh, you get into the entertainment industry. That that's not well. Can I can just uh, say some lines on camera? This is I do that anyways on my phone. I have a good time. I think I, I think I'm great at this. Yeah. So now the industry gets flooded with all yeah. of these, yeah, yeah. Uh, all yeah. of these people who are they make content on their phones and they they just want to do that. Now they're I'm an actor. I'm a comedian. I'm a because yeah. I make stuff on my phone and uh, this is what I'm going to do. And then they don't, you know, yeah. to the to the devastation of their parents, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is. So now the industry is getting flooded with even more people who really aren't even qualified uh, to be actors or musicians. Mm. They're just they haven't. Yeah. Yeah. I know because it's so easy now, isn't it? Everyone's got the phones. They've got yeah. computers. Yeah, you yeah. can just go and do a live stream or, you know, do YouTube videos. And uh, yeah. yeah, I hear what you're saying. And, and then mixed in with all of the reality shows as well. And I think that gives that sort of um, uh, not false uh, interpretation, but it's that sort of like anybody can be famous it's given overnight. That hope. It's, it's given, given that yeah. hope. And, and yeah. I think hope is a big thing, but it's also damaging because you're, you're basically saying you just have to turn up to all your audition and you're going to go and sell a million records or you're going to be yeah, tomorrow. Exactly. And it doesn't work no. like that. Uh, I wanted to add this point, uh, jumping off of what you were saying, uh, you know, get influencers and whatnot. Uh, you know, the problem, the other problem is some of them are being rewarded. Like, uh, I have no projects that get when you audition for them, they want to know how many followers you have and this sort of thing. And they'll cast sometimes based off that, whether you have acting experience or not. So um, that, you know, that of course hurts uh, people like me who have training and have done a lot of acting and, but I don't have 50,000 followers or a hundred thousand followers. So um yeah, that's a concern. So this is the, these are some of the challenges in the in the current entertainment landscape that I encounter. Um, just something that your your listeners should be aware of getting into it. Um, you know, and and you know the way to handle that is it's pretty simple. It's in addition to training to do what it is that you want to do on the side, create your own content, whatever it might be. It might be TikTok videos. It might be like in my case, I do a podcast um, on the regular. So just be making content on the side um, and, and, uh, and, and don't make it your end all be all, you know, but definitely do it. Um, Cause it, you know, it's very, it, it is helpful. It, it is yeah. helpful, Absolutely. but train too. train and work hard. Yeah. No, bang on. Yeah. Completely agree. Completely agree. And actually you've just touched on something I wanted to go into because we love listening actually to your weird and strange stories on your podcast. Um, weird AF news podcast. Now is, is it right? It's just hit um, 1 million downloads, which is amazing. Um, so yeah. So ha what inspired you actually to do a podcast? 1 million and downloads. How <laughs> yeah. about that? Let's have a round of applause. No, thank you very much. <laughs> Let's get out of the red carpet. That's mega. That is big time. Man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty that cool. Is very cool. I mean, of all the things I've of all the things I've done in my career, I don't think anything has gotten. Uh, but instead of putting one million, why can't you put one million and one? Because that that would be better, wouldn't it? I'm actually I'm actually about one and a half million right now. Oh, one yeah. and a half wow, ish. Wow. Um, and I recently surpassed uh, a thousand episodes. Wow. Uh, so, you know cool. th that and that answers that answers your question on how does one. Get, keep how does one have a successful podcast how yeah. does one get to a million downloads exactly. well you know one of the ways you can do it uh, is 
just keep putting out episodes, just keep doing it for years, five a week for years. Wow. I mean, this is what got me here. So, you know, it wasn't like I had a couple that got lucky with, with hundreds of thousands of downloads, man. This has been a grind. Yeah. How long have you been doing it? Me. Quite a few years. For four oh, years. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. Five days a week. And yeah. I mean, now podcasting is just booming, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's yeah. like everyone's sure everybody's doing one. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. There's so no, many. No. There's so many. Well, it's easy to do if you have a phone, you can record yeah. one. It's just talking. So I think a lot of people think, oh, I could do this. And so they just create them now. You know, that there's it's a saturated market for sure. Um, which makes my my show kind of stand out a little mm. bit because it's you know, the the longevity, the amount of episodes I've put out. I mean, how many podcasts have a thousand episodes or more? I mean, you no, could, that's, probably less than a hundred. Yeah. That's you know, serious. Yeah. Out of over a million podcasts, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, uh, you know, just sticking to it, keeping it going. I've been fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. What inspired you to sort of get into it? What was the sort of thing when I want to, you know, you got up one day and said, you know, I want to do a podcast or was it something that you'd been thinking about for a little while? And No, I was asked to do a podcast right. by an acquaintance of mine, a producer who knew me as a comic mm. uh, and, uh, you know, knew I had made videos and whatnot that I was, you know, I could make content that was funny. And he was just looking for somebody to do shows on the platform he was working on. And they wanted daily news shows of some sort. They had a sports show, a tech tech news, finance news, entertainment news. And I didn't, um, I didn't, I, I didn't like any of that stuff. Um, so I, I just pitched this idea. I said, what if I do weird news? Uh, Cause that's a, that's a yeah. kind of oh, a yeah. topic that I, <laughs> cause you know, who doesn't enjoy weird news? I, I like strange, weird stuff, you know, I just, <laughs> I just dig it. So yeah. I knew that was something I could do daily and not get bored. Um, uh, so uh, he just said, you know, why don't you send me an example of this? And so I, that's what I did. I sort of found three weird news articles and just hit record, read them and reacted to them, mm -hmm. tried to make them funny on my own with a little improv and then sent them over. And he's like, this is great. This is great. Let's start. And so he was paying me uh, a monthly fee to, to make this content on his platform, on their, their platform. And then, uh, it just started from there. And then uh, it, it got to a point where they were like, they, we can't pay our producers anymore, our content creators. But if you'd like to keep doing your show, you have a quite a following. So, um, you know, you can find a way to monetize it. You know, it might be beneficial. So after eight months of being paid to do it, uh, I decided that, uh, you know, I'm getting a lot out of this. And I have some people who are really big time fans of it. I was getting a lot of messages. It was kind of, people were listening it, to it as their part of their daily news lineup and it was, I was cool. part of people's yeah. was cool, wasn't I was a part of people's yeah morning commute yeah. and part of their life you know on, on a daily basis so I don't know I that kind of meant something to me I, I I liked that and so I just kept going um and then I figured out a way to monetize it a little bit by using patreon mm -hmm. and some ads here and there yeah. um and enough to keep it you know, to pay the, uh, you know, keep the lights on a little bit, yeah, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, I went out and got a website and whatnot, tried to make it legitimate um, and, you know, just keep going with it. And 
so to this day, I still do it. But yeah, we've, we've just loved listening to all the different stories we were having a listen because they're quite like short snippets, aren't they? But I think it's quite nice sort of bite-sized, you know, so people can, you know, it's, it's not too long, but it's, it's enough for everyone to kind of go, oh, this is cool information. And it's sort of something that you remember for the rest of the day. So it's quite Yeah, I like to keep them uh, cool. short, like news bites, you know, and, uh, and I like to make them funny. Yeah as funny as possible. Uh, but even yeah. if uh, I, I don't, yeah. uh, uh, if I don't uh, get them to the a level of funny that I'm happy with, uh, at least they're, they're educational and they're weird and you'll, you'll kind of usually will learn something and you'll just be walking away, shaking your head at this kind of strange behavior or whatever the <laughs> hell the situation is. Uh, um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, mainstream news can be so bleak and put you in a, a pretty shitty state. I think, uh, mm-hmm. but I, with my show, I try to, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I try to make it so like, well, if you ended your news feed with my show, then you know, you kind of end on a, a happier, <laughs> funny note. Uh, so I think, I, I think I bring that yeah, to yeah. the news cycle a little bit. I try to, anyways. Hey, let's have a laugh about this ridiculous person that the, uh, you know put a USB cable down their penis. Uh, like, let's, let's do that. I'm going to say, I was going to say, what, what, yeah. what's the weirdest news yeah. that you've given Where out? do you get all yeah. of this information? Like, is it just, do you do, have uh, to do quite a lot of research? Uh, on yeah, I have several sites that I have bookmarked that I continue to revisit. Yeah. And then, I, you know, believe it or not, I get a lot of messages. I mean, a lot of links and stories sent to me by fans via email and, and tweets and, uh, even through Instagram yeah. and even through my yeah. website where you can submit, uh, you can submit a story through my website, weirdafnews.com. And so I get, a, I get stuff every day sent to me. Okay. Um, so it's just a never ending, never ending weird news uh, is just being delivered to me on a daily basis, which is great. Maybe we should That's have good. uh as, as an idea, Jonesy, maybe you should do. And today we have the political news, UK political news <laughs> yeah. with Jonesy. Yeah. Could do that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we and can do that. Gives me an opportunity to do my terrible accent. <laughs> Jonesy's in Downing Street talking to the Prime Minister. Let's go to him uh, live. Yeah, I, you know I do so many stories out of the UK. It's quite fun, and I always like uh, I always try and do these accents, yeah. these UK accents, and I get it's a running joke on the show. My my listeners will will send me messages from over there, just like your accent is shite, bro. Like. like <laughs> That that was not the pro, an appropriate accent for that region of the of the country. <laughs> like I don't oh, care. No. I don't know. I'm just doing an accent. I'm just trying to have fun here. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's things oh, like man. that that I bring to the show. Like I will do an I'll do an actual accent or an impression of the person who's being interviewed in the story. Like this kind of stuff. I try and bring this kind of color and flavor to the to the stories to keep yeah. them keep them just from some flat read of a weird news stories. Because otherwise, you could just read it yourself if you mm-hmm. wanted to get the weird news. Yeah. So I just try to do things sure. to kind of dress it up a, a bit. And and my yeah. accents are like kind of notorious on the show. <laughs> Notoriously terrible is what I should say. <laughs> but I, you know, I think yeah, I'm just trying to entertain and they get a laugh, you know? <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite accent that you love to do? Well, I love to do the, I love to do the German accent. I just think it's so funny. It just says, yeah, it's just fine. Yes. Helmet. Yes. Very good. Yes. That's right. We listen to the weird AF news, don't we, Helmet? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I just love it. It's so silly and ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I don't get a lot. Of, I don't get a lot of German stories, but when I do, I just I really 
relish the yeah. the opportunity to do a German accent. Yeah, got to be done. Well, I, think, <laughs> I think also as well, touching on that point as well, that the news is just so so serious, and I think everybody's just. Well, I'm fed up with the news, to be honest with you. Oh, well, I think with what's going on in the world, I think everyone wants a bit of a smile on the face and a bit of a laugh. I think you can't you can't beat that. No, no. Yeah, man. I mean, mainstream news will put you in a terrible state. So uh, mm. oh, yeah. I try to be yeah. a relief to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, keep doing what you're doing. No, no. It's good. Exactly. But, yeah, but, I mean, what is next for you, Jonesy? Have you got anything lined up or anything you can share with us that you've got going on? Uh, yeah, I, I just uh, recorded some videos and began editing a project with another comedian of mine called Comedians React. Uh, it's me mm -hmm. and Dwayne Perkins, uh, who between us, we have about 40 plus years of stand-up comedy experience. And we mm -hmm. we watch a, a clip, uh, usually a, a bit, a joke of a comedian uh, that has inspired us. And we sort of break it down from a technical standpoint. We break it down from a, a stand-up comedy artistic standpoint. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what's significant about the bit? What, what's difficult about it? Uh, you know, what what is notable within this joke? And uh, we give you a little background on the comedian usually and if, if people aren't familiar. Um, but it's just sort of a way for us to geek out about the art of stand-up comedy, which is something that we're very obsessed with with uh, deconstructing, you know, so we're kind of deconstructing famous bits from comedians that have inspired us. And, and uh, I, I haven't really found anything quite like it on YouTube. So uh, there's a lot of people reacting to comedy videos, but they're just kind of just not really going below the surface because they're not actual stand-up comedians, you know, mm. deconstructing it. So they're just giving you like yeah. the face value reaction to the joke. But we, we, we go a little bit deeper. So the show... It's going to be on YouTube and it's a podcast as well um, mm, that will be cool. coming out uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, and it, it, it's not for everybody, but if you're a fan of stand-up, you know, it, it's pretty nerdy in the stand-up department. If you really want to get deep with stand-up, uh, then I think people, you would you would kind of love this series, Comedians React, Jonesy and Dwayne Perkins. <laughs> cool. So yeah. what is it, what um, UK comedians have inspired you, Jonesy? Which ones do you like? Uh, well, who's that guy that I really like that hosted, uh, he hosted, what is it? The cats, the cats show, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Carr. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I like yeah, yeah. Jimmy Carr. I met him in New York city. He did my show. This was about in 2007 or yeah. six ish. So I met him a long, long time ago. He's cool. He's very good. And he's man, good. he, totally blew up the room he was like wow man it was so cool i had never seen anything quite like that um i was yeah. very i was new on the scene and you know i didn't know a lot of uh english comics and he, he was visiting new york city put him on my show he was so gracious so cool and so mm. damn smart and funny man i was like wow so smart yes and uh yeah, yeah i just like him a lot I, got, I took a photo with him i still have it and i I mean, not that I have. I mean, it's a digital. I have it, but I, I just love that photo. It's such a yeah. cool photo of me and, and Jimmy Carr. Like, uh, and he looks a little young, uh, just kind of a <laughs> fresh faced. He's good. Yeah, he's man. Good. He's he's yeah. very good. Yeah. Uh, he's quite different to actually a lot of the other comedians that we've got over here. When he first came yeah, out, he, yeah. his sort of sense of humor and it was very dry and a bit different. Um, but he's, yeah, he's blown up big time. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, 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 he's huge. He's got a massive tour at the moment or something yes. that he's well yeah, tour yeah. that he's doing. And who's, he's the, on 
who's the guy that does the crazy songs? Um, uh, oh, not Tim. Minchum? Yeah, Tim. Tim. Uh, uh, is it Minchum? Yeah, oh. Tim Min- Minchu. Minchum. Tim Minchum. Minchum. Yeah, Tim Minchum. That guy's. That guy's. That stuff is crazy. I like that crazy shit. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Those songs are outrageous. You haven't uh, done anything for a while, has he? We've not seen him for a while. I, no, I, no, I haven't. And I think in fact, he's done I a few musicals or something as well. Yeah. Sort yeah. of in yeah. a few sort of plays and stuff. Yeah. 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 Sadly, I, I mean, I apologize. I couldn't even remember his name. But yeah, Tim Minchum. A very yeah, Tim funny. Yeah. He's uh, very good. His, yeah. Yeah. Anyone who enjoys funny music it's all on youtube his stuff it's just it's clever clever stuff yes, man i really, I really like him he's a very talented guy if you think you'd see more of him oh yeah he plays great as well he he's, does yeah, yeah he's he very does. talented yeah he does yeah yeah definitely but yeah we've um jimmy carr is he's yeah you either sort of i don't say love him or hate him but it's it, it can be so wow did you just say that yeah. <laughs> that's what i like and, about him so refreshing you know that he just yeah yeah unbridled um you probably do you know Lee Evans and um he's he's hilarious. Yeah, Lee. Yeah. He, he's yeah. he's actually retired now, but he you should check him out. Lee he's Evans. Really, yeah, really I'd love to check him out. I love. Oh, Lee Evans. Yeah. Very, very oh, good. New he's comics. One of my I'd love favorite. to be exposed. If you want, um, I'm just trying to think of a couple of other comedians. If you want sort of like dialect, as in uh, Kevin Bridges from Scotland. Oh yeah. Um, Kevin Bridges from Scotland. Um, Jones. He's very. It, it just to the point about Scottish culture and just everything mm. around it. Would so I um? Would I understand what he's saying? Is, is it like you really... would? Yeah, you would. Okay, cool, yeah, cool. Would. I would yeah. love yeah, that. You would. Yeah, you would. Um, I'm trying to think of the. Oh, all right. The the oh the, the East co- London Cockney, Cockney um, one. Oh, oh yeah, you got a Cockney person. I would love to hear that. Oh, oh you've got oh, to check him out, Jones, because he's absolutely he's proper London, like where I was born, and he talks like that. But he's really he's just oh. to the point. Oh. It's Mickey Flanagan. Yeah. Mickey you got, Flanagan. You've got to check him out. Yeah. Yes. Mickey Flanagan. Yeah. yeah. Check he, him out. He's hilarious. He, he talks would... about London yeah. and everything around London growing up in the East End of London. But he is, he is, <laughs> it's just, I think between him, Kevin Bridges and Lee Evans, you'll pick up some, maybe some interesting bits and pieces yeah. to, to go from. Yeah. And where, Michael McIntyre is good as oh, well. Oh, Michael McIntyre, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm curious, where do you guys, where exactly are you guys located yourselves? London. We're London. We're London. London? Yeah. All right. I can, I'm going to get over there at some point and do some jokes, so we got to link up. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'd love you over here. I think, oh, yeah. uh, do I, think here. I would be received very well over there, my, my stand-up, I think. Um, it's, a, yes. it's very dark. Uh, and <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's good. it's dark. It's self-deprecating. Uh, I think I, I think I think you guys would really get me over there. You know, yeah. I think that would be so much fun to get over there. I've I've been thinking about it for years, and uh, you know, I got so <laughs> many fans of my podcast from over there too that they just ask me, really? "When are you coming over here? When are you coming over?" Really? Wow. And so yeah. it just keeps that's getting cool. brought up, and you know, it is on my mind, and and something that I can definitely plan and, and get over there and uh, and i've known some comedian i got some comedian friends who have made the trip gone over there so i could even use their contacts that they've made to get shows as well yeah and yeah, then yeah, uh, yeah. you know i don't know if you guys have uh enough area on your sidewalk i'm from uh i'm from los angeles so i'm pretty i'm an expert at living in a tent so i could just live in a tent <laughs> over there <laughs> while i'm there so i don't yeah, even have yeah. to get a hostel or anything i'll just pitch a tent on your sidewalk right that's pretty cool that's okay yeah. get a yeah. little caravan or something go yeah. around <laughs> and we can do a show from that point yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah why not jonesy on the sidewalk <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
I'll tell you what, what we need to do is we need to get um, Jonesy over to the UK doing some shows and why not get Tina Fey to support him? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. How about that? Well, you got to, you know. If you don't ask, you don't Got to aim high. At the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I think the UK would like you because I think the UK, mm. I think the one thing with you, Jonesy, you understand irony. And when I lived in New York and I lived in LA for a while, the amount of Americans that I came across that just didn't get irony. Oh, and, no. No. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I would have, the, the question I would have every day in New York, literally, and I lived there for a couple of years, was, oh, Pete, um, my friend wants to have a chat with you. Yeah, great. What do you want to chat about? Well, they, re- they really want to go to London. Okay, I can talk to you about London and what you want to do. But don't don't you know that lady? Um, <laughs> what lady's that? Well, she lives in Buckingham Palace. I think she's like <laughs> Princess Diana. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, do you know what? I go around every day and have a cup of tea with her or we have a digestive biscuit and we have a conversation. And it's great. And they just look at you and go, oh, well, do you think you can arrange that for me? And I'm like, oh, my God. You can't just rock up to Buckingham Palace and have tea with the Queen yeah. or, or, or Princess Diana. It just no. doesn't work. I don't think you're going to get through the guards. <laughs> no. but well, you, <laughs> Yeah, it's very frustrating. I, I deal with that. You have to be intelligent to get it. And it's just, uh, you know, it's got to be intelligent to get irony, to get satire, to get uh, uh, sarcasm. You know, these nuanced forms of comedy that don't hit you over the head, you got to be intelligent (laughs) to understand them. And it's unfortunate that there's just a lot of, just got a lot of dumb people over here, man, where I got to spell out the jokes for them. And, um, you know, I just have a feeling over there, it would be, you know, it's very sharp people over there. I feel like your public education system is is tremendous. Uh, you know, everybody seems to be articulate, well read, and I just feel like those are, these are my people. I think I would do very well over there. I'd be I'd be understood, which is what I strive for, <laughs> just to be understood. Yeah. I think so. There's, yeah. There's one. Um, uh, Bex knows what she's watched with me. There's one um, air of Mickey Flanagan when you watch it, Jonesy. He's he does so many great things, but there's one thing where. Um, in the UK where someone's looking out the window. I obviously can't do this, but you, you have to watch it because it is really funny. And he plays the part of someone looking out the window um, where he's like a peeping Tom. He's not a peeping Tom, but he's looking at what the next door neighbours are doing. And there's another area where you're, you're shy of meeting your next door neighbour. And he goes through the process of how you meet your next door neighbour where the first time is really awkward. The second time is... Oh, is it a coincidence? And the third time he goes through, and it's like I just, I just don't want to be seeing my next door neighbour. But it's the way he does it is yeah. absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And you think I've been down it's that so situation. True. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny, yeah. Yeah, isn't it? Great when a comedian just kind of points out some thought or behaviour that you also have had or done, and, and that you just thought was private. It was like, no, I'm yeah. no one ever. And then it's like. It's just such a great moment of realization and understanding. I just love I that. I, I, this sounds like a tremendous comedian that I need to make yeah, you flan again. Check yeah, it out. Put it yeah, on my list. Yeah, I, think, I think so. Good yeah. Stuff. But um, yeah, so I mean, really, it's been, I mean, it's been fantastic speaking with you. But really, last of all, where can our listeners find out more about you and connect online? Yeah. Oh, super easy. Uh, my Instagram is really what I use mostly to... Um, Put, to promote myself and give information about what I'm up to. Uh, and it's at Funny Jones, like Funny Bones, but with a J, <laughs> Funny Jones. 
<laughs> and, then, and then my podcast is uh, very easy to find weird af news it's available on every podcast platform and even on youtube and if you so you can just put type that into your search uh, podcast search weird af news or you could tell any of you, you can tell your smart speaker to play weird af news as well and it'll play any of your smart speakers or you could just go to weirdafnews.com and i have links on how to listen to the show there, or you can listen to it right on right off the website. There's a player on there too. So yeah, that's, um, and that, that is uh, something I'm, I do five days a week. So it's like constant content on there. Just, you know, always, always putting out daily news. So it's a commitment cool. if you get in there, but yeah, uh, subscribe, give it a, give it a try. And uh, you'll know after a week, if you dig it, by the way, on Fridays, mm -hmm. I only do weird news out of Florida. That's just something that I do. Yeah. Florida Fridays. So every Friday, it's just weird news from the state of Florida. It's <laughs> cool. the most popular episode. Well, Sounds it's good. been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today, Jonesy. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, it's been Thanks fantastic. Thanks for having me. I had, I had a blast. Thanks, guys. Well, that's all for today's episode of The Entertainment Engine. And thanks for listening. Join us again next week for more great guest interviews from the world of entertainment. It would be great to have your feedback on the show. So please drop us a message at any time. We would love to hear from you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast platforms so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to the show. And remember to all stay safe. The Entertainment Engine.